You are listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. You can find us at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening. So we're going to go through, uh, just to give you a recap as to where we are, I have thinned the recap down a little bit, and then we're going to move on into the message. I really hope that you've found some benefit in this, and there have been some points that have been made that the Spirit has really quickened to you, and you've gone, I never knew that, or I must remember that when I'm going through the difficulties that are present in transition. So the dictionary defines it as the process or a period of changing from one state to another, and we've got to abandon our expectations and increase our expectancy as conditions on the path of transition are often adverse. And sometimes we aren't aware of our expectations, isn't that right? It takes a circumstance to not happen or to go a different way for us to realize that we really expected something else, and then we're dealing with some disappointment. It's only when we recognize where we actually are that we can truly do what needs to be done to make the choices necessary to act and to move on from that place. I was somewhere yesterday and I had, uh, it was a stall and I had some chocolates out and the chocolates were a great draw, meant to be obviously the people then come and peruse what you have to sell. And in actual fact, then there were some teenagers and they were right, you know, just all those noises, walks along and he, he uh, just grabs one of the sweets and I said, you gonna buy anything? He goes, I don't know. Uh, and he starts randomly flicking through all these things. And I said, do it always helps if you're honest? And he said, I'm not. And I went, work away then. And he just was all a wee bit shocked. Uh, I can't even remember why I started to tell you that story. But uh, when he was honest about where he was, I'm actually here because I want free chocolate. I'm okay with that. Take the free chocolate. Just don't pretend. Just don't pretend. So wherever you are, just don't pretend. Let's be honest when we're struggling with things, when we can recognize where we actually are, we tend to find that that's when we pray prayers of God, I'm disappointed, or I'm struggling with this, or I'd like this to change, or I'm frustrated that you didn't do this for me. He's right there. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Made the point that trust is something we all have, but we get to choose where we put it, and it has to go somewhere. And then we also made the point that there's battles surrounding transition and any movement towards us achieving our destiny, becoming more like Jesus, means that we're going to attract attention and that will be attention from the enemy and also obviously attention from God. God's activity always has opposition and there are battles inside of us and battles outside of us. And when Andrew was speaking, he said, we can either do it or we can dodge it. And every transition has the opportunity to do it or dodge it, to go up and take the land or to dodge it, whether that's conscious or unconscious, and make excuses. And then last week we were talking about going through the ugly phase, that the ugly phase is a powerful communicator and it tends to say you gave all that up for no reason, you tried to move somewhere else and look where it's got you, it's uglier than it was before. But if we wait and we hold on, then God will make everything beautiful in its time. Try to normalize the ugly phase, that it's a part of the process, it's not the destination, and as disciples of Jesus, we've got to accept what we did not expect nor desire, and let what we're given have its full effect on us as we journey through transition. Would anybody say they can really connect with that, that God has given them something that they don't want? Things come along that, yeah, I can see so many, yeah, I'm right there. 
God brings along things to us that really we're going, just let that slide on by. Hopefully that's, oh, that is for me. And then if you're like me, you spend a lot of time trying to resist it, even though you want to vocalize and say that you're accepting it, but actually inside you want to reject it. It's only when we go, okay, have your way in me, that that thing, that thing then tends to become something that actually causes uh, beautiful things to happen within us. He has made everything beautiful in its time, and that's Ecclesiastes 3.11. And the only way that you and I will continue to go on the journey and the process is if we keep the vision that God has given us in front of us. Okay, today we're talking about the testing in transition. And last week in work, we have a student teacher in with us. And for those, I know that many of you, in fact, I think like 99% are teachers in here. Sad but true. Uh, many of you are teachers, so you know what it means to be in teacher training. I have no idea. Although this week I've got to observe someone being observed who is a teacher in training. And of course they were dead relaxed and it was, <laughs> no, I'm joking. They were like, <laughs> everything was set out to a T and everything was laminated, including some people who didn't move in time. It was just, oh, that's a teacher joke, laminators. And I spend my days laminating now. She had taken a career change. She'd worked in industry before and is in the process of transition and the process is becoming. The transition holds many, many tests for her. And we take these tests moving from one position to another and we're kind of a wee bit like, I don't like these. And especially when you talk about tests involved with our faith, can be a bit like, God's not like that. He's just nice all the time. When he's nice, he is very nice. In fact, nice is the wrong word for him. He's just wonderful in and out. But part of his wonderfulness is he wants to check where you are. And the checks are also checks for you to see where you are as well. And if you're going to choose to die to yourself, to either react or to respond. So our teacher was being observed. She was going through a test. And the tests, as unpleasant as they may be, are necessary observations to check that she's going to be able to do the job that she's chosen to do. Testing always has a benefit or a reward, and it would be really easy to talk about testing this morning and to lose, lose sight of the fact that actually for this girl who's in the process of uh, becoming a teacher, there's a lot of reward for her. She'll hopefully get the job. Hopefully she'll find fulfillment in it, and there's financial reward as well. So any tests that we go through always have a reward. Now, we can go round the mountain. How many of you have heard the phrase going round the mountain? We tend to throw it around quite a lot in here. Have you ever seen the movie Groundhog Day? Groundhog Day! Do you know the song that plays on the radio? So put your little hand in mine. There ain't no hill or mountain we can climb. It's Groundhog Day! It's cold out there. Every morning he wakes up the sunny and chair. Same song, same conversation, same scenarios. He tries to dodge life so many times. Can you remember all the things that he does? I mean, it's ridiculous. He does whatever his heart's desires, includes stealing. He steals the groundhog and then drives himself and the groundhog off a cliff, which really is quite disastrous. But then he wakes up the next morning, there ain't no hill or mountain we can climb. And eventually he learns from the teacher of repetition that to become the type of man that he needs to become, uh, he's got to bring some changes into his life. And eventually, when he brings the changes and partners with the change, he wakes up to a new day. 
So there are situations in all of our lives where we've got a bit of a groundhog day. And often we'll go, why does this keep happening to me? <laughs> and part of me wants to say, I don't know that either I or anybody else really wants the answer to that question. Because it tends to keep happening because there's some change that needs to occur. Deuteronomy 8, 1 to 3. You must carefully follow every commandment I am giving you today so that you may live and multiply and enter and possess the land that the Lord swore to give your fathers. Remember that these 40 years the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness so that he might humble you and test you. Humble you and test you in order to know what was in your heart. Whether or not you would keep his commandments. He humbled you and in your hunger he gave you manna to eat which neither you nor your fathers had known, so that you might understand that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And I want to read that bit again. So that you might understand that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So imagine that the tests that God gives are like rooms, and each one gets more and more spacious as you pass the test in one space and move to the other. Now, obviously, between the spaciousness of each place that he brings you to, there's a corridor. And it tends to be that as the rooms get more spacious, the corridors get tighter. And they get darker. And it takes more faith to be able to walk through those places of transition. If there was a diagram I could draw, and I had one of those interactive whiteboards, however you use them, it would be a small, like, bubble with a, quite a wide shoot moving to a larger bubble. And then just as you go around, the bubbles get larger and the pathways to the bubbles get smaller. So wherever you want to go with him, and it's up to you as to how far you want to go with Jesus, the next place that you go to will require, to go you, require you to go through a tighter spot than you've experienced before which will hold the promise and the reward of spaciousness, freedom, and wholeness like you've never experienced before. So you get to choose whether you want to go through that process or whether you'd rather just stay where you are. And whether it's fortunate or not, God will take you at your word. So the Israelites were stuck in their very own groundhog day because they refused to understand that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I used to say that we cannot feel God's tests, but I want to correct that slightly. You and I can absolutely feel his tests. It's just that he keeps presenting the same test to you to reset again. So it's not that we can't sugarcoat this. We're given the opportunity of testing and we can feel the test and God will regroup us and allow us to see if we partner with the spirit and ask, what did I miss here? And we listen we'll get the opportunity to set the test again. So you'll go around the mountain. But part of the process, if we get it wrong, is to fail. And if we then go, okay, I really want to pass this, then God will present you with the opportunity again. And then you've opportunity to respond rather than react and then move on in your life with him. So we're given the opportunities again and again. And God's patterns are restorative and never never punitive, okay? The hammer fell once on Jesus Christ. He's not going to condemn you. We are Romans 8 people. There's no condemnation for those in Jesus Christ, but you most definitely can fail his tests. We must recognize the circumstances that repetitively re 
present themselves in our lives and ask God the question, are we missing it? So as you sit there now, is there anything that comes to your mind that keeps happening to you? And that's not, that's a rhetorical question. If you start shouting it out, I mean, I don't really know what I'll do with it in the moment that we'll have here. So then if it becomes clear that you're going around the mountain on something, you can make the necessary changes to pass the test and move on. Because I don't enjoy setting the same test. And for a lot of times in my life, I've gone around the mountain because I've been deaf to what God has been saying to me. Tends to need to hurt for me to want to change. Sad but true. And I think that that hopefully is changing, although I'm not sure. Okay, so ultimately, if we resist what God wants, what he's doing, and we don't end up yada gnosko in all of our being understanding, then death will ultimately close the opportunity for growth. Now, that all seems a bit depressing, but it's true. It's the seriousness of the situation. I'm not saying that he's going to cut your life short and you die in your prime. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that if we resist him enough, eventually God will go, okay, and then it comes to the point where we just are deaf and life goes on. We don't learn. We become victim and then start accusing, well, that's because of them rather than recognizing our own responsibility and things we should do to change. And then ultimately then we die and the opportunity for growth is done. That's how it is. It's very objective. It's not really very emotional, but it is the reality of life with God. Okay, are we all with me? Great. So we're going to read Numbers 14, 20 to 24. I've pardoned them as you requested, the Lord replied. So this is a bit mad. God says, this is what I want to do. And because Moses is his friend, Moses said, please, would you stay your hand? And he goes, all right. Okay, I'll listen. So maybe there are some circumstances where things could culminate to a not very nice place. And because you're a friend of God, you speak to him and things might change. I've pardoned them as you requested, the Lord replied. Yet as surely as I live and as surely as the whole earth is filled with the glory of the Lord, not one of these men who have seen my glory. This is, can we pause here for a second? Do you ever, uh, at some circumstances, you're waiting for a sign, right? Yes, I've been there. Or I, uh, as a pastor, quite often I'll hear people say, I need this sign. The sad reality is that even if the sign came, you wouldn't choose to change. God said that not one of the men who have seen my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and the wilderness, including the plagues, including uh, the, the cloud of, uh, of the pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night. My goodness, the oftenies of the presence of God. And yet the Lord says that these men are stiff-necked and unbelieving. Yet have tested me and disobeyed me these ten times. Not one will ever see the land that I swore to give their fathers. None of those who have treated me with contempt will see it. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and has followed me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he has entered and his descendants will inherit it. So you and I can choose to die in the wilderness of our transition to the promised land because we refuse to learn the lessons that God is teaching. And our outward circumstances may change, but our internal landscape will remain the perpetual desert until we choose to learn the lessons God teaches us or else we die in that wilderness. Now, I'm aware of this all, just as I'm speaking this out, it's heavy stuff, isn't it? It's serious stuff, but it's so important that we see the landscape as it actually is. 
And the hope in all of this is it doesn't have to be this way. We can choose to go, this is painful and it's difficult. And yes, my soul wants to go back to Egypt for garlic and onions, but I want to get to the promised land. So God, whatever it takes, I'm on board. The Lord does not see as man does, for man sees the outward appearance, but the Lord sees the heart. So God is after what's going on inside of us. If there is a wilderness inside of you, even though it looks like you're living in the promised land, then you want to let God teach you how to bring life to the desert and make the transition from that place to the promised land inside. Because remember, that's where the streams of living water flow out from, is from inside to out. So if you have the riches of heaven within you, you'll see the treasures without. But if you have poverty in your heart, all the riches and luxury in the world will never satisfy you. And poverty can become a signature of God's activity. And this uh, time of year, this verse is read so many times. This will be a sign to you. I'm sure you could complete it. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So God said, evidence of my activity and my son's birthplace is the poverty of the situation. Swaddling cloths and a trough that animals would eat from. So the Israelites had the wilderness within them and therefore they went round and round and round the mountain. And many choose to opt out of the testing by giving up and stepping off the path. But mountain climbing is a dangerous thing and it's easy to lose your footing and fall if you choose to wander off the path that you've been given. Please, by the Spirit of God, don't wander off your path. Don't do it. I've seen many, many sadly people go, it'll be easier if I back down and step off. Don't do it. It's safer that you stay on the path. And I also want to give you this. Jesus fixed it. The story of the Israelites in the wilderness, the cloud by day, the fire by night, the plagues, all of the things, the manna that fell from heaven and sustained them. Watch what Jesus did. Actually, let me read this bit first from Numbers 14, 30 to 34. Surely none of you will enter the land in which I swore to settle you except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. But I will bring your children whom you said would become plunder into the land you've rejected, and they will enjoy it. As for you, however, your bodies will fall in this wilderness. Your children will be shepherds in the wilderness for 40 years, and they will suffer for your unfaithfulness until the last of your bodies lies in the wilderness." In keeping with the 40 days you spied out the land, you shall bear your guilt 40 years, a year for each day, and you'll experience my alienation. That's Numbers 14, 30 to 34. And God, being God, leaves nothing undone. He led his son into the desert by the Spirit to heal the past himself. And it says in Luke 4, 1, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and the news about him spread throughout the surrounding region. So the Israelites had 40 years to pay for 40 days that they spied out the land, okay? Then Jesus moves from the place uh, that's on the other side of the Jordan by the Spirit into the desert. He spends 40 days honoring God and passing every test that they failed, And he was led there by the Spirit. But do you notice the difference that happened when he left the wilderness? Anybody aware of that? It's powerful stuff. He arrived, he went into the desert being led, and he left in the power of the Spirit. 
good is this habit of uh, like leaving I's and T's undotted and uncrossed and then in the fullness of time he goes back to those very places and looks like he's sloppy but he goes back in the right moment and just dots things and crosses T's. He will do that in your life if you let him. So Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Spirit and left having passed the testing in the power of the Spirit. So did you yada gnosko know that? That when you pass through your testing and your testing will be specific to you, you leave the wilderness of that transition in the power of the Spirit. And I guarantee you that people will say there's something different about you. You've all had somebody say that to you. Yes, something different about you. There's a reason why there's something different. And people who would never even acknowledge God will go, there's something different about you. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of many kinds. Just want to say I'm not there quite yet. In my spirit, I think I am. In my soul, I'm going, I don't like trials. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Maybe I don't know that. Allow perseverance to finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Because when he stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Are you going through a test right now? Maybe you're not. Maybe you are. Do you have vision for the reward? If you don't have vision for the reward, it will be all the more painful. Why does it say that Jesus was able to endure the cross? For the joy that was set before him. So if you're enduring a crucifixion of circumstances, ask for the joy to be set before you. Because you cannot do it without it. Can I get the worship guys to come up? This final section is entitled, Pass, Fail or Fall. As far as I can understand, there are the three outcomes going through the tests that are present in transition. Pass, fail, or fall. If we pass the test, we'll be rewarded and move on into a new place functioning in greater power in the spirit and freer than we've ever been before in our lives. So remember, you move from a spacious place to a very restricted place to pass through into somewhere that's more spacious before. And I guarantee you that when you're in the tightness of the transition, in the restricted space, the enemy will come and say, you're an idiot, you left somewhere that was great to somewhere that was restricted. And he knows too that if you keep going, you'll get to a freer and more spacious place than you've ever been before. If we feel, which we all have, we've the opportunity to learn from our mistakes and choose to act differently and learn to respond rather than react and pass the test and enjoy the benefits. Or, this is the worst one, we can choose to walk off the mountain path Refuse to walk forward, which is the beginning of the fall. You can, of course, recover from a fall. There's always opportunity for restoration. And you return, though, at that point to the tests that you refuse to take. And you'll likely have some mess to clean up as well. So stay on the path. And I want to finish with encouraging you, please. You need encouragement. That you can and you are able and you have everything that you need to be able to pass every test because God's grace is enough for you. Can you say amen to that? They fell in their wilderness, but let us rise from ours. Would you stand with me?
So there's always some questions for response. Are you aware that there are circumstances and situations in your life that keep coming up and they keep coming up for a reason? And secondly, do you want to stop going around the mountain and respond to God and pass the tests? And then finally, do you need courage to not step off the path, even though it's hard, and receive hope that God has for you as a physical reality here today? If you answer yes to any of these questions, then please come and join me now at the front. We're going to worship for a time, and then Andrew's going to lead us in response. You have been listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. Remember to check us out at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk and have a great week.